This is the Nthcast episode 7 Music Day. I'm Josh. I'm JD. We're still in our topic 2, which is dystopia. You know, I need to stop saying you know. I do know that, you know. And, uh, well, you'll before get we get into that, I feel like I owe Cleveland an apology. I would agree with that statement. So, if you're listening to this and you live in Cleveland, F you. Moving on. <laughs> wow. What an apology. <laughs> I love you, Cleveland. So send your hate mail to Josh. Not JD, just Josh. All right. Dystopian music. How are we going to do this? I am not sure. I am not sure. And Because usually dystopia has to do with society. It does. So I'm interested to see what you've come up with. Well, there's... Well... Uh, the band Dystopia is a great example of dystopian music. It's a great example of something that you never want to hear again. There's there is a band. They're named Dystopia, and do not look them up. No, because do not listen to any of their stuff. You look at genres, and they're listed in the genre of sludge metal. What did, what the hell does that even? What mean? does that even mean? Sludge I, metal. I what, know what sludge is, right? And it's that's where this album belongs. I, I've it's in the sludge. And, yeah, mm. and I think it's a disservice to metal to call it metal. I think you should just call it bad, and just leave it at that. It's not even tin. No, it's not even tin foil. We were like, oh, this is going to be a layup. There's a band called Dystopia. Boom, we're done. This episode is going to just <laughs> write itself. Yeah, I think episode two just wrote itself, it and then did. you listen to it, and you're like, we can't give this to people. No, we cannot possibly tell people to go listen to this. I'm ashamed that we've even spent this amount of time discussing it. Me too. I think you played it for me, and I told you to turn that off immediately. You did. Like, we listened to the first 15 seconds, and nothing happened, and then something happened, and we were both looked at each other and like, this is awful. Well, it's like, I wanted, I want to be able to say that I said after three bars, cut it off, but <laughs> right. they weren't even using musical scales. No. No, it was very atonal. I don't even know where they came up with their key. It was bad. So let's move on to something good. Like, actual music. Okay. Actual good music within the realm of dystopia. Iced Earth recently, well, uh, two albums ago. Yeah, 2011. 2011. Dystopia, when they got the new lead singer, Stu. um, Great album. It is a great album. Great album. I I love Iced Earth. Yeah, all of their albums are good. John Schaefer is the man. Anytime you can have a band... That the lead singer or lead guitarist is, uh, well, you can't really name them per se because they're not the heart and soul, the leadership of the band. The rhythm guitarist is the heart and soul of the band. That's saying something. It that's, is saying That's something. not the norm. Normally no, the only people not. you know in the band are the lead guitarist, like you said, and the singer. So that's that's a unique example. Listen to Dystopia. They have a, I think one of the tracks was based on Soylent Green. Really? Yes. Well, that's Dystopian that in is, itself. There it is. Yeah. So that, that name wrote it's itself. If it's people. It is people. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's a spoiler <laughs> if it's been out for that long. You should have exposed yourself you, to it. You should. What's another great example? The Wall. Oh, Absolutely. Pink Floyd. And it's weird because I'm not a huge Pink Floyd fan. 
That's kind of surprising to me. I know it is. Honestly. Because I, most most people who like metal will will say, "Oh, I like Pink Floyd. You know, I don't listen to them every day, but I can respect them and the groundwork that they laid for the music that I listen to now." Are you not that way? Well, I know I agree. Progressive, important to the genre. Mm-hmm. I think most kids today that listen to uh, death metal and just a lot of the funky. I don't even know what you call it. Pop, popcore, popcore, grindcore, whatever that is. I like how you can add core to anything. anything. And it's, it's like it's a new genre. Like <laughs> this is metal core. Well, what does that mean? I envision a lot of those individuals, which tend to be younger. Yes, have probably not been exposed to Pink Floyd, and if they have, they don't get it. Mm. And so I'm not in that camp. Obviously, I'm I'm a little more seasoned. I just. I think they're an acquired taste. It's something that I would give a listen to every now and again, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. It's just not something that I want to listen to continually. I get that. and they, They've they earned their place yeah. in music, absolutely, and you give them the respect that, they, that they've earned and yeah. that they deserve for who they are, but it's not something that you listen to on repeat or maybe every week you'll listen to Pink Floyd. I get you. No, and uh, hey, all in all, we're just another brick in the wall. Oh. If that's not dystopian, I don't know what is. Yeah. We don't need an education. I, I'm not even... You've seen the film. I have. That I kind of, of course. Have you ever seen it sober? <laughs> I haven't. I don't know that I have. <laughs> I haven't. I, I, I mean, maybe parts of it, and then I was like, nah. I don't know if it works when it you're It doesn't. And I think that's why I didn't see the whole thing. Like, no, I got to turn this off. I'm going to watch something else. So I think those are two great. Did you have any other examples? No. No? Okay. I think those are, I wanted to bring something a little more recent that is, you know, pretty hard edge. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's Ice Earth Dystopia. Yeah, I was gonna bring dystopia to the table, but I, oh, I I'm couldn't. Sorry. No, I couldn't. In, I couldn't in good conscience. I'm so I'm glad you oh, talked about it. Okay, thank you for Dy- taking that bullet for me. Oh, dystopia the band, not dystopia the album by yeah. Ice Earth. Yes, okay, dystopia just to clarify. Band. Yeah, I don't even know if you can call them a band. <sighs> I don't know. I, I let's move on. Yeah, let's not discuss it because we're gonna chase that rabbit. We're not. We're not doing that today. We're not doing to that that today because the album that we picked for you is actually a masterpiece. A complete masterpiece in all facets. Absolutely. And that's Operation Mindcrime by Queensryche. I'm a big fan. I mean, huge. I, I, I have to pause and just think like, man, what a great Take album. This in. Yeah. And if you haven't heard it, you're welcome for introducing you to Operation Mindcrime. I it is hard for me to fathom that anyone that's going to be listening to this has not heard Operation Minecraft. No, it's one of the first 10, 15, 20 metal albums that you listen to. And it's just oh, it is it's such the a complete experience. I'm a big fan of concept albums. Mm-hmm. As far as concept albums go go, uh, go if I can Speak. do this without tripping over my own tongue. It's right up there. It's got to be top it three. Is, if it, it, it could be number one, is it number one for you? You think? I, I think it may be number one for me. Yeah, because would, it's just that good. Absolutely. So let's see. 
Let's get some details on this. Came out in 98. 88. I said 98. You did. I? But that's okay. Man, my my streak continues. It's okay. I feel like I feel like I just have this need to be corrected. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> Sometimes I do things wrong I need on purpose. To be, I, I need to be Are you crying for attention? I need Is to this be, a desperate cry for attention? I need to be dominated with correct information. <laughs> okay, well, I'm here for you. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm here for you. All right, so this came out in 88. Yes. It was their third album. Okay. First one was The Warning, then uh, then came The Rage for Order. And then they dropped the Operation Mindcrime bomb on us. And Jeff Tate, he's the lead vocalist. I think he also does keyboards. And uh, if I read one of the liner notes correctly, he does whistles, which is... (laughs) He's, Which is important. I don't know why you need to credit someone for whistling. Maybe <laughs> maybe he got a bonus and a kickback. Like, I've done three instruments. Do you, whistling. Do you think the lead singer of the Scorpions got credit in the liner notes for doing the whistling? Uh, I don't That's something we'd have to check. Please tell me you listen to the Scorpions. Oh, of course. I know. But okay. I, I, I don't know that I've checked the liner notes to see the individual instrumentalist, especially for whistling. <laughs> Well, but, maybe it's not him. Maybe uh, they bring in a stunt whistler. Maybe, maybe they. Maybe it's Jeff. Ooh. Maybe he whistled for the Scorpions. He's that good at whistling. It could be. Maybe that's on his resume. <laughs> I hope so. Headshots. What do you do? I whistle. Keyboards, vocals, and I whistle. I'm a master whistler. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh. Chris DeGarmo is the lead guitarist. Now, I'm not sure if he whistles. I don't really... I just really want to talk about those two guys because they're the ones that write the majority. Right. They're not 90% like... 90% of everything good that Queensryche put out was written by Jeff Tate and Chris mm-hmm. DeGarmo. And, man... It, I feel like every band, like we talked about Fear Factory last week, they've got new members now, but every band has that classic lineup. Yeah, these guys wrote the music that made this band famous. So, and may, and this is what they're known for. Those two guys did that for Queensryche. So, it's it's a masterpiece in progressive metal. It's got powerful vocals, immensely strong melody throughout. But you can't really get the full effect of the album unless you pop it in, fire it up on the iPod, and listen to it in its entirety. Yeah, this isn't one of those albums that you put on a playlist and maybe it will play one song from it and then another song because you won't get the full effect. You won't get the story. And the story in this album is pretty intense and it's a great story. So I'm going to give you some information. I'm going to set the stage, not the setting. Please do. Set the stage. So the protagonist for our <laughs> album this week, his name is Nikki. And Nikki has had what you would call a rough life. Maybe he grew up in Cleveland. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I had to go with it. Oh, yeah. But And so he may be a drug addict, made some poor decisions, and he is rescued by the villain, tyrant, revolutionary leader, and who goes by Doctor X, 
And Dr. X is not happy with the status quo of the world that he lives in and is maybe warring against the government, leading a revolution. And he gets Nikki and rescues him and then decides to brainwash Nikki to commit murders and follow orders that Dr. X plans for him to do. And the key word that he uses to get Nikki to follow that is mind crime. So whenever Nikki hears the word mind crime is when he goes and does the tasks and the murders that Dr. X has for him. Kind of like telephone. Yes. Or You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Or in Zoolander when they <laughs> Yes. When they hear that one song kind of like that. Okay. Got gotcha. you. So, so you're introduced to Nikki and at the beginning and Nikki is kind of building up some street cred with Dr. X and he's been really good at this. And then you're introduced to the other two characters who are the priest and sister Mary. And oh, if you th- sweet sister, Mary. sweet, sweet sister, Mary, if you thought Nikki had a rough childhood, just wait until you hear sister Mary's background. She grew up, you know, as a prostitute. I don't know if she grew up as a prostitute, but she was a prostitute. You can say whore. I could, but I was, I used prostitute, whore, whatever, whatever nomenclature you prefer for a lady who dirty whore, there you go, who sells herself for money. So, and she is rescued by priest and the priest is, uh, Dr. X is probably second in command, maybe his chief Lieutenant. And so he rescues sister Mary and she becomes a nun. And so wait, the whore becomes a nun. The whore becomes a nun. She does. Can you do that? I think I think it's okay. I'm going to go with yes because it happens in the story. Maybe once she became a nun, all, they forget about everything she's done in the past. And it's like you're starting over. Um, I, we need to consult the rule book. We'll, we'll consult the rule book. We'll, right. we'll call the nuns that we know and be like, hey, have any of you – what was it, what was your checkered past like? All right, moving on. The, okay. the whore nun. Okay. The, <laughs> Sister Mary, this will go by. She, <laughs> once she gets and becomes a nun, her life doesn't get that much better because the priest, there's a line in one of the songs where the priest says that he takes her on the altar once a week. You know, that's kind of out there. Takes her to the altar? On the altar. Oh, on the altar. I think it's a... A, a metaphor, an innuendo saying, you know, this is what you did in the past, but is you're it gonna- an innuendo for what you would do with a whore? Yes, it okay. is. Okay. It is. What, gotcha. you used, what you used to do in your past life, you're still doing now, but you're doing it under the guise of being a nun. So that's kind of what's going on with her. And Nikki. Wait, 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 wait. What? So. Mm. Go ahead. Okay. Never mind. Okay. You, you didn't want to chase that round. No, no. I appreciate you stopping then. <laughs> because if you didn't want to follow it, it must have been bad. <sighs> so Nikki, as he's moving up, as a reward for doing so well at what he does, gets offered the services of Sister Mary as well. Oh, I see. So I, oh. once a week, well. he gets he gets to take Sister Mary. I don't know if it's on the altar. Maybe oh. it's in her chamber. They go share a milk, milkshake. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, but through his relationship um, with Sister Mary, he maybe he starts to fall in love and maybe feel human again. And Sister Mary starts to feel that as well. And so these two, uh, their relationship, which started off maybe not under the best of terms, it actually has some redeeming qualities for them. And then everything hits the fan when uh, you know Doctor X says. The priest and Sister Mary are getting a little too powerful, and I don't 
think they're going along with what I have in mind. So Nikki, mind crime, those two. And so Nikki is not good. Not good. Poor Nikki. He's finally starting to feel human again. No, no, no. Kill this one person who actually feels you feel like loves you. So Nikki goes and he kills the priest. That's no problem. You know, he's doing things to Sister Mary that he shouldn't be doing anyway. So Nikki has no problem with that. But when he gets to Sister Mary, his love overtakes him and he's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So he decides to go to Dr. X and say, I'm not going to do this. And Dr. X is like, oh, but you forget you're addicted to heroin and you can only get your drug from me. So you do what I say because I got you trapped. Right. And Nikki is, of course, all incensed and in a rage. So he goes back to talk to Sister Mary. And when he sees Sister Mary, he finds her dead. And what? so something happened to Sister Not Mary. another dead whore. No, I, well, dead nun. Let's none. Go dead nun. Dead, dead whore nun. <laughs> so Sister Mary's dead, and Nikki loses it. He just goes, starts to go crazy. And the, the terrible thing about this is that he gets convicted of Sister Mary's murder, and that's the one murder out of all the murders that he's that done he didn't do. that he didn't actually do. <sighs> so he gets convicted and thrown in a mental institution because he's crazy. And that's where the story kind of gets really depressing. Is that when he stops believing in love? <laughs> he or if he, if he ever did it all? Well, I, was, I think he believed in love for a minute, and then he realized that... Well, it's never worth the pain that you feel. <laughs> okay. I, oh, you're quoting the song. I am. The most famous song, and probably the best song from this album, is I Don't Believe in Love. It's debatable. Do, do, is that your favorite from this album? I would... Give it a slight edge over over Eyes of the Stranger. Yeah. I think it's it's very iconic and the the ideas in the song um are relevant to not just the story but to just general life. So but at the end of the uh album you hear the word six oh one and if you go back to the beginning of the album, it says six o'clock. So this is a one minute. One minute of this guy's life is remembering this whole crazy story of how he went from the bottom to the top and just this roller coaster that he went through. And he is cursed and has to remember this for the rest of his life. And probably every minute he remembers it. Every waking minute. Which is crazy. That's ridiculous. So... If you wanted to follow the story, you just start it over and just play it every minute, and then you can live this guy's life. This is what he does. This is what he. Rem- it would take longer than a minute, except for it's about an hour long. Yeah, but it's a great <laughs> hour. So it is a great hour, and you have to listen to it in its entirety to get the full flavor. Absolutely. Don't just pick out. Well, I just I really like this song. Let me just listen to that. No, you need to listen to the whole thing and. Each listen, you get a new dimension to. It's like mo- it's like a, a movie that you love that you haven't um, either seen in a while, or you you want to watch it for a second time, and you catch something that you didn't catch before. Right. And it's it's like that. So I, I would say definitely definitely go give it a listen if you've never heard it before. If you have heard it before, give it another listen. And if you've just been through a bad breakup, listen to I Don't Believe in Love. It'll make you feel better for it about was, for one minute. Uh, maybe longer. Will it make you feel better? Or make you feel better about maybe not having love? Yes, because you don't. You never believed in it. You anyway. never believed in it. Anyway. And it's because not worth the pain. It's not worth the pain. It's not worth the pain. But, but you know what is worth the pain? 
listening to our show. <laughs> and it's such a good pain. It is. Ooh, hurts so good. It hurts so, oh, it's great. Tomorrow is Literature Day. We're and going to continue with dystopia. With, with dystopia. Man, literature and dystopia is like peanut butter and jelly. They, oh. just, they just go together. They do. I think that's that's my favorite medium, I think, for dystopia. But we'll peanut. talk about that tomorrow. Oh, literature. Literature and dystopia. I like I, it better. I was going to... You would... Yeah. That's I my opinion. So. Okay. I mean, you can certainly form your own. Certainly going to cut that part out. Okay. Where can they find us? We want to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter at EnthCast or on our website, EnthCast.com, and uh, give us some feedback. We want to hear what your thoughts are. We want to build a community around this uh, podcast. We don't want to just be two nerds sitting in a studio talking to microphones, no, microphones for no end. Yeah, that would be depressing. That would be depressing. So, And there's great things on the website there's our show notes and you can join our newsletter so be sure and hit that up for us 